Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to a, another spectacular edition of the Sports the Sports Podcast. Lego Ocean News is a sports podcast, to be more specific. Austin Huff Sports Editor, Evan Lee Pack Sports Reporter, uh, back after a very eventful, busy week of high school boys basketball sectional tournament action. Uh, Evan, first off, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling? On my uh, tip-top shape of feeling good that i just opened my, my mouth my tip top shape started of talking good. sometimes you know that, that doesn't that's, sound like you're feeling good that's a lesson <laughs> that's a lesson to be had right there think before you speak i just helped everyone out i don't i don't do that i don't believe that. I, I just say whatever i say just happens. on international women's day i know happy international women's day to all the women to all the women <laughs> not to any of the men celebrating but only the women um yeah and i think we had like National Girls and Sports Day a couple weeks ago too. So, a pot not posthumous, but a delayed uh, celebration of that as well. It's the month. And it's it is Women's History Month. Women's yes. History Month. We were at the uh, Blackhawks Tampa Bay Lightning game on Sunday night, and a lot of the uh, in-game festivities were uh, tailored around uh, Women's History Month. So, we had the U.S. Women's some of the members of the hockey team there, and a lot of the signage and stuff you know was about that so mm-hmm. and then, that was a great game mm-hmm. it was okay three goals in 32 there seconds was a, yeah, <laughs> only a 32 second stretch where it wasn't that great uh for for the beloved blackhawks but uh that's okay that's okay they, they're not that good this year tampa's pretty good i hope they win the cup again that'd be cool three in a row you never we haven't really seen a three-peat in hockey and a long time so it would be kind of cool to see someone do three in a row i think oh that's happened before Yes, it's happened before. Edmonton won four in a row, I believe. The Islanders won four in a row at one point, and like the they won from eighty to eighty three, and then the Oilers won like eighty four to like eighty seven, I think. It was like the Islanders and the Oilers. That was it. So I, I'm probably wrong on the Oilers. I definitely know the Islanders won four in a row. Wow. Yep. Penguins won two in a row, 2018-2019. Yeah, I knew that one. Um, Blackhawks Denver won two in a row in that stretch there. They won in 10, 12, 10, 13, and 15. So, uh, yeah, I mean, repeating is hard. Three-peating is even harder. So, it's, I mean, it'll be fun to see if Tampa can do it. They're good enough. But there's a lot of good teams in hockey this year. Yep. So, we'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll do maybe some more NHL uh, talk as we get closer to the playoffs there. But, obviously, like I said, the lead, we had uh, boys basketball sectionals this past week. Um, always an eventful week. You never know uh, who might emerge victorious. There were some upsets around the area. Uh, for the most part, though, chalk held, I would say. Uh, nothing too surprising. Um, in the end, when the dust settled, uh, our coverage area has one sectional championship team, and it was probably the one we felt the most confident in uh, going into the week. That was Northwood in the 3A sectional down at Wawasee. They are the sectional champs for a third straight year. Uh, Evan, you had comprehensive coverage of sectional 21, so I will let you take the lead on the analysis of how the Panthers were able to, uh, you know, get a, a third straight year of going down to Newcastle for a regional. Uh, I think they did it. Uh, not in an impressive fashion. I think we can, <laughs> uh, can agree with that. I they mean, grinded it out. It's impressive to win a sectional championship, but I feel like they did it not playing their best basketball, which makes it, I suppose, maybe more impressive. I don't know. I mean, 
They have to peak in the regionals, though. They got to be at their best. They're going to end up winning a regional final. But yeah, I was against Tippy Valley and against Wawasee. Both those games were uh, definitely grinded out games. Specifically, the Wawasee, the sectional championship. Whew. <laughs> offense, <laughs> offense was uh, at a premium in that one. Holding Wawasee, any team to 23 points is pretty impressive, especially when Wawasee was playing pretty well at home on their home court. You hold them to seven points in the second half, even though it was a close game in the first half. Wawasee, they were up, they were jacked, they were ready to go. They played as well as they could have, especially on defense in the first half, but uh, unfortunately the offense wasn't there. Northwood picked it up a little bit on offense in the second half, ended up winning by 17, as we know, 40-23. to so, third straight sectional championship for uh, the Panthers. Yeah. This is a pretty impressive uh, performance. Who, who would you say was maybe – I know they didn't – the stats weren't, uh, you know, the best in the world when you look at the guys who, like, performed for Northwood, but who would you say was maybe, like, the key player in helping Northwood win uh, that sectional this past weekend? Well, obviously, I mean, you can go to Cade Brenner, right? Yeah. He's, <laughs> you he's can go. A, He's the leading scorer, but... Caden Ian, Ian Roush both had a... I said it right. Yes. Roush. Roush. It's Roush. not... It was more right than what I usually say. Roush. <laughs> they led Roush. the way, but as this team has done all year, as Aaron Wolf has said before, you know, they have they have a bunch of guys who can make key shots in key moments and come out of nowhere. Uh, Brock Bontrager was one of those guys in the sectional championship. He had eight points against Wawasee, and that made a lot... Of the difference, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I think he's one guy that really stands out in that game specifically. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Cade Brenner had 12 points in the sectional championship, and he was the leading scorer. So grind it out. That's grind a, that's it a, out that's, game. That's how you know when he when he can drop 30 and he's the leading scorer with 12. You you know is a grinder for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and, and we nominated uh, Ian Rosh for athlete of the week. Uh, he had a he had a good couple games. Like, Rosh does a lot of things for that team, you know, that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet, but you know, like obviously, like they did this week a little bit. He's he, he's more of the. They're both all around great players. I mean, just looking at their season stats, right? Brenner sixteen point six points, five rebounds, three assists a game. Rosh twelve point five points, five point eight rebounds, and two assists a game. He's also got fourteen blocks and forty three steals to lead the team in those categories as well. I mean, those two are so well rounded players. Um, you know, Brenner does a little bit more of the scoring and he has the ball in his hands a little bit more, so I think he gets more of the attention because of that. But Rosh is just a, he's a equally as good player. He's going to go play college ball, especially with his height and his size, a 6'6 yeah. kid. Um, Rosh had nine rebounds against Wausau, too. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, his defense is always on point. That's He can obviously hit, grab rebounds and then hit short shots and he can hit jumpers too. He's pretty good at the free throw line, but especially defensively, he's a great shot blocker. He had, yeah. a, he had a great block on Keaton Dukes. As a jumper, blocks it, gets his own block, goes down and transition himself and scores. So I mean, a, I mean that's pretty a impressive. A block rebound score. It's yes. pretty good. It's a pretty it's a you know what? I'm going to say that's a pretty efficient possession. Yeah. Pretty efficient there. Uh yeah, so he he's pretty good, and then you know, like you like you kind of alluded to that role. They're role players, you know. Just because their stats aren't as you know productive or big as the other starters, I mean, they, they're still getting you know eight points, sub points game from Cooper Weens, five a game from Chaz Yoder. You get Tuggle, Brock Bontrager, JJ Payne, Ethan Wolf. I mean, they. I think Tuggle and uh, 
J.J. Payne are big when they come off the bench, especially defensively, because mm-hmm. they both have good size and athleticism. So whenever you need your start, couple starters take a break, you know you don't really lose anything on the defensive end. Right, right. You've noticed, at, you know, in the game handful of games, and we've seen them both, you know, enough now to get a feel feel for them. Uh, you get, you know, they keep Brenner and Rosh basically on the court the whole game. So then you could take time you could take those other three out and put Wolf, Payne, and Tuggle in. And like, look, that's gonna be your starting five probably next year, or with Bontrager instead of Payne, maybe. You know, Wolf and Tuggle will slide into the roles of uh Chaz Yoder and Cooper Weens, respectively. Probably, mm-hmm. and that's your starting five. I mean, you you gotta be a good it's gotta be a good feeling knowing that like at any given time on the court, you pretty much have your whole team coming back. Like those five will be coming back next year. Like that's valuable experience they got it last year and even more valuable they're going to get it this year going down in that regional as well so yeah and we were at practice yesterday and uh saw what some of the jv kids look like oh. <laughs> yeah they're Watch JV. Out. i mean they, their jv isn't uh small either you know what i mean ian ross we, we had when we had dan gunn on here last week you know we were talking about ian's younger brother tyler who's even bigger than him mm-hmm. you know and uh there were some other guys in that jv warm-up line that were like hmm it's a big kid. It's like athletic, and like I saw a JV kid dunk. I was like, "Huh, I wish I had written his name down. I should have uh, prepared that." But uh, shout out that JV kid who dunked in practice. Um, so Northwood's going to be good, probably for the next foreseeable future. For the next foreseeable future, yeah. the next few years, probably. You would think that next year they'll be another contender, but that's next year. Let's, we got we're still they're still alive this year. You know, we're acting like their season's over. But they still are very much in play, obviously. They're one of the final 16 teams in Class 3A. And their reward is going all the way down to Newcastle for the regional at the historic and venerable. I'm sure it's venerable. It's definitely historic. The Newcastle Fieldhouse uh, was the largest gym in the country, high school gym in the country. It has since been passed. Um, I should have looked this up before I... Uh, came on the show, but I don't have enough time to stall. I think it's like third right now, yeah. Yeah, I'll look it up um, in a second here. I'm gonna try to make a try to transition you to a point about something. But you know, last year we were there, obviously at Newcastle, yeah. and they played a semifinal win over Newcastle in the morning. Came to Leo, played Leo in the championship, foul in the championship game, heartbreaking fashion, things like that. Kate Brenner got fouled, but they didn't call it in the act of shooting, and he made a layup, and everyone thought they had won the game. They lost 47-46 instead. Um, I thought it was 48. 47 to 46. I wrote it down. I wrote that down before I came in here. Uh, It should have been a 48-47 Northwood win. I mean, everyone saw the ball go in. That's that's what made it worse. But, you know, how much do you think that's going to fuel these guys this week? And I kind of asked them a little bit about it yesterday when we saw them. But how much do you think, you know, as a former athlete yourself, uh, that loss you think will fuel them this week? Well, unfortunately, as a former athlete myself, I never got to be in that <laughs> position. Uh, we were usually we we were either winning uh, by a decent amount or losing. There's really no in between. It's very weird, very odd. Um, but yeah, like you said, we went there and asked them yesterday, and you know that they're not going to exactly give you what you're hoping for. You know, you're trying to get some bolts and board material, right. just like right. tell me how you really we feel. Leo. Like, no, they wouldn't say anything like that. They said, no, we're just, like, focusing on the now. And I'm like, uh, that's what you have to say. If it was off the record, we're like, yeah, we, uh, we're thinking about Leo a little bit. 
be lying if it wasn't in the back of our head, especially if they end up winning the first game and end up getting a rematch. I mean, they're going to be – I'd imagine they would be very – it's going to be a very emotional game if they end up in the regional final against Leo again. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I would assume that would be your mindset too. It would probably be my mindset. I mean, I, I wouldn't just be like blatantly out there like talking about it, I guess. But I would be lying if it wasn't on the back of my, you know, yeah. back of my noggin. Yeah. So. By the way, for those curious, Newcastle is now back to being the biggest high school gym in the country. 2019, uh, the Indy Star did a report, helped doing a report that had moved the gym at Seymour to the largest in the country and had moved Newcastle to third. But the Fieldhouse was renovated in 2020 in Newcastle changing its capacity from 7829 to 8424 which makes it the biggest gym in the country by 16 seats 8424 <laughs> Seymour High Schools in Indiana 8228 wow well sorry that's not 28 seats that's 200 and something yeah. seats <laughs> you said 16 seats that's dude. 116 seats math is hard <laughs> math is very hard i was um, like that didn't really sound right no, well, yeah, gonna, I, after I said that out loud, I was, like, oh, I was just looking at 24 minus, uh, that, yeah, you know, it was just spanning that. It's the biggest gym now in the country. Biggest high school gym. Biggest high school gym in the country, again, uh, since they renovated it. So, uh, so yeah, it is still a big historic gym, but uh, obviously two and a half, three hour drive. The from, seats are kind of garbage, though, you know, but that's what you have to have with a, mm-hmm. a big gym like that. I mean, it is a spectacle spectacle when you walk in it's no like, wow, it is it is uh, crazy it's like nor- it's like the northwood pit but on steroids you know what i mean because it's all down there's like just pretty much one big bowl that's what it is yeah northwood's gym for the most part is a big bowl they obviously have the upper sections too but newcastle is just a huge bowl and it seats eight thousand people so eighty four twenty four to be specific mm-hmm. but I don't think 8424 will be there on Saturday. I wouldn't be. Uh, by the way, Northside Gym is ninth or eighth, excuse me, eighth. Mm. So I think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. 73-73 for a Northside Gym. Um, so Northwood will be playing Yorktown in the first game of the regional this weekend. Yorktown, big surprise coming out of that Newcastle sectional. They upset Jay County. Uh, Jay County was 21 and four going into the game. Yorktown won 60 to 41. Yorktown now 10 and 14 on the season. So this is the second straight year Northwood will go to this regional and play a team below 500 uh, in the regional semifinal. Newcastle last year was also a sub 500 team when they won their home sectional and they got to play in their home regional. They snuck out of there though. Barely got out of there with a dub. I remember that first half it was pretty bad. The Northwood Newcastle game mm-hmm. last year, yeah, yeah. Northwood was down at halftime, I believe. Yeah, and they came back had a big third quarter and then held them off in the fourth. Yeah, so they got close there at the end. They, I think Aaron Wolf pretty much said like, yeah, we we looked like we were playing a 10 a.m. game. Like they came out in the first half and they looked like they had just traveled, and they didn't travel Saturday morning, obviously, but they came down Friday afternoon, weren't staying sleeping in their own beds, right, and they had to sleep in a hotel, and they got to do that again this year. And they kind of looked like a team that was playing, you know, a road game like that at 10 a.m. So, and then they came back in the final and they almost beat Leo, like we said. But uh, Yorktown, like I said, 10 and 14, struggled a little bit this year, but they obviously put it together this last week, won two games in the sectional, came sectional champs. Um, I thought it was uh, fitting that Aaron Wolf said last week, or on Monday that 
this team, this Yorktown team, reminds him of how Northwood was last year because when I was looking through their stats initially on Sunday, I was like, man, that looks like Northwood from last year. Uh-huh. Like young kids. And that, it was just funny he said that. And I was going to ask him about that before uh, another reporter asked him about Yorktown. So it kind of took my... Who is that other reporter? Someone from another <laughs> newspaper in the area. <laughs> so um, they are led in scoring by junior A.J. Dunn. He averages 13.3 points a game. He also leads them in rebounds, 4.8 rebounds a contest. Um, and then two sophomores are backing up A.J. there uh, in the scoring. Kirian Tawari is a sophomore, 11.4 points a game, about five rebounds as well, uh, 2.5 assists. And then Jacob Grimm, a sophomore, 8.4 points a game, uh, three rebounds a contest, and then three, he leads the team with 3.3 assists. So, I didn't see a lot of size. I saw the tallest player that I could find on the roster that – Played significant minutes with six three. I don't know if you can confirm that. I don't know. I didn't look at their heights. I was just looking at points, rebounds, okay. assists, stuff like that. But that's good. That I mean, should be an advantage for you know Rosh. You would think if you so. combine that with uh, the youth, maybe this moment will be too big for them, right? You yeah. Know? <laughs> I mean, the only thing Yorktown has. One of the things Yorktown has going in their favor is they have the shortest drive to make. Obviously, they can stay in their own beds, sleep in their own beds Friday night, and Yorktown's about a 35-ish minute drive to Newcastle, so not short, but it's not two and a half hours either, you know. Should have a good amount of Yorktown faithful there, too. You would expect a good crowd. This is their first sectional championship since 2010, so you got to think that the community's probably excited. Yeah. You know, um, they've only won one regional in their program's history, 1998. And then they won a semi-state that year as well. That was the first year class basketball was introduced uh, in the state. So they went on a run in 3A and uh, got obliterated by Indianapolis Cathedral in the final by 25. So, hey, did you got there. That's more than Northwood's ever been there. So Obliterated. I mean. 72 to 47? Yeah. Yeah. Relative to what South and Washington girls just did, not as obliterating. But. Yeah, 93-35 or something like that. I would say a 25-point loss is blown out. Maybe obliterated is a big word, but blown out. It's a blowout, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, this is a, obviously like a big moment for Yorktown. This is the first time that this generation of Yorktown players, fans, have been able to experience this type of success. So, you'd hope that they would have a big crowd. And Northwood travels everywhere. Even last year, with limited ticket availability, there was still a good crowd for Northwood, I would say, at the regional and, uh, you know, it's a chance again. And it was cool last year to go down, the historicness of the gym and everything. And I'm sure there is still some of that allure for the people this year, too. But it, if you're going to go three hours, at least you're going to you know go play in a cool gym like that. So, yes. So, and then the other sectional semifinal, or sorry, the regional semifinal. Norwell. Number seven, Norwell, 22 and four. Number eight, Leo, 19 and five. Uh, should be uh, and Leo Lyons. So oh, I'm having the worst you say, you're, issue right you're now. You're making Sheila's job after this uh. much harder. <laughs> uh, that'll be a fun game, I think. Last year, Leo played Mississinawa in this spot, and that was an obliteration. Uh, I feel confident in saying that. It was Remember, very bad. We yep. walked out of our. We're like, wow, Northwood's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we thought Northwood was going to get crushed, and then uh, I, I mean, Leo was leading that Northwood game by you know double digits for most of it and then Northwood made a furious rally at the end almost won the game should have probably won the game had it won just say that um so you know I mean personally as as a journalist who you know loves the good story right 
a, a Northwood Leah rematch would be awesome because uh, that there's just the storylines of last year. Pretty much the rosters are the same for both teams from last year. Uh, Leo went to the 3A title game. You know, it's a close loss. Yeah, and they they uh, had a dramatic win in that semi state over St. Joe mm. as well. So like, there's a lot of like storylines and drama that would go with a Northwood Leo rematch. Obviously, Norwell, very capable opponent, and you don't want to sleep on Yorktown either. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on Yorktown. Um, <clears throat> just because kiss of death. So they're, now, now they're definitely going to lose. Shh, don't tell them that. Um, so they're obviously going to have a lot of momentum, and they're going to be excited to play in a regional like that. So, uh, well, it'll be fun. That's good. I mean, you know, we didn't get the full like if Newcastle had been there, and that's that regional, you would have had four top ten teams, and that would have been amazing. It's still probably one of the toughest regionals in the state. I mean, I don't know any other regional that has three ranked teams in it right now. Uh, you know, there's some other matchups like regional championship games that'll probably be a little better than Northwood and Leo if we got there or Northwood Leo or Northwood Norwell excuse me mm-hmm. you know there's a potential Penn Chesterton matchup in 4A that would be amazing right that'd be a great game yep uh you got some really good semifinal game like Westfield's playing Homestead that's a great game down in 4A in the regional over at Logansport so uh, it's going to be fun. There's going to be some, even in two A potential Central Noble Blackhawk Christian regional final. Like that's that's yeah. There's some good matchups around the state this week, and that's what you expect with the regional, obviously. So Norwell and Leo played each other in the regular season. They did. Did you know what the score was? I believe Leo won by twelve. <sighs> so close. Sixty-two fifty-five. Leo Dang. W on Dang. the road. They at, went to Norwell. At Norwell. To Northern Wells County High School. Norwell. So, should be a fun game. Uh, should be a fun weekend. We'll be down there, of course. Newcastle. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way. No, plug, we're just going to watch plug the stream. The coverage. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it'd be a lot cheaper. So, yeah. um, stay tuned for our coverage. We have previews coming this week. Also got a fun, interesting look story about how the uh, regional sites are set. Because, you know, you got three teams going an hour and a half plus down to Newcastle. So, just wondering. I, I actually talked to IHSA Commissioner Paul Neidig. He called you up? He called me. He called me after I emailed him. But he called me. And uh, we had a nice little chat yesterday, Monday, about it. And, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to write a story up. Stay tuned. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the other teams <coughs> from the area. Uh, quickly, uh, Wallacey. You know they were in that they were in that sectional final, of course. Mm-hmm. They were, and uh, their season comes to an end. It was a tough, tough way to go out, but it's a tough career end for uh, Keaton Dukes. Do you have Keaton's numbers in front of you? I brought down Keaton's career numbers. Good, that's I was setting you up. Did you? Yeah. He finished his fifth all-time in program scoring history, one thousand forty-six points, and tenth all-time in rebounds, three hundred and sixty-seven. For in Wallace history. What about turnovers? I didn't keep, yeah. Just no. kidding. <laughs> I don't have that number. Not, um, not a, now is not the time. Yeah. We're so, supposed to be celebrating his numbers mm-hmm. that are positive. Congratulations to him on a, you know, tremendous uh, high school career. So, you know, and uh, yeah. So they I'm, have, just, they I'm writing some, down some. Uh, Sorry. Got some young guys coming up, both the Everingham twins. They're going to be solid players over the next three years for Wawasee. I agree. 
Yeah. That's my you analysis. Just, you just said yes. I, yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they'll, they'll be good. Uh, should be good. So, yeah. And then uh, also from that section, I just want to quickly shout out Austin Kripe. Had a fantastic junior season as well. 528 points this season. Um, and he now currently has 1,174 for his career. He's going to have a lot of work to do if he wants to catch the career mark at West Oval. Uh, Steve Anspaugh, 1969 alum, 1,992 points. So yeah, West Oval is going to have to make a pretty significant uh, run in the postseason next year if they're going to, you know, if he's going to catch that. Or he's going to have to average, you know, like 30 points a game. Got a feel for that guy, man. Drops 30 points against Tippy Valley in the sectional opener. Quarterfinal, technically. Quarterfinal, opener. opener. Yeah. And, I mean, he really basically willed them almost to a victory, too. It was tight, close game down the stretch. Just not enough help. Yeah. So, they they finished their season with a 14-9 and record. So, I mean, they, they were good again this year. You know, they, they showed their flashes of being really solid like they were, two year, you know, last season as well. Just had a hard time putting it together sometimes in those bigger games. So, you, you wonder, you know, next year they're not losing – a ton as well. They're going to have most of that team coming back, most of the key players coming back at least. So you'd think that maybe they could put it together. But being in that section with Northwood, who's also bringing everyone back and is really good, like that's going to be tough. And Wallacey, you know, they lose Dukes. But other than, you know, they got most of their team coming back. It's The whole sectional has got a lot of people coming back, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough for them to really – it's going to take a Herculean type effort out of a cripe or less supporting roles for West Noble next year, I feel like, to get out of that. Yeah. With Northwood bringing back both Brenner and Rosh. Run it back. And Ethan Wolf and Bontrager and Tuggle and Payne and yeah. So And Aaron Wolf. He'll and Aaron back. Wolf. <laughs> yes. Uh section factor. Sectional four. Sectional four, class four A. We mentioned it kind of already, but Penn won the sectional championship. Marcus Burton, pretty good. He's hot, okay at the hot take. The Mastodons offered him, yeah. They did offer him, yeah. And Bruce Weber from Kansas State was there to watch him play on Tuesday against Warsaw. Rest in peace to the Mastodons, by the way. Ugh. Moment of silence. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to their yeah. offense. Lost to uh, Northern Kentucky last night in the Horizon League tournament semifinal. Bummer. I was pulling for him after we saw that crazy three-overtime game against uh, Cleveland State in person. They'd won like 10 games in a row right? coming into last night's game, right. too. I even said that point. I was like, man, whoever wins this game, I'm picking them to win in the tournament if they get there. And then now they're, now they're moving in the conference they tournament. They both lost in the semis. Yeah, sad, sad. Um, but anyway, uh, Burton scored 88 points in three sectional games. Second most points scored in the Elkhart sectional of all time. Uh, one point shy of the all-time record set in 1952 by Dwayne Robinson. Uh, and Dwayne had four games to play, and Burton only played in three. So, so technically, you should give the uh, records Burton. If we're going by points per points per out. game, right? Points yeah. per game, he was unbelievable. Uh, had 31 against Concord in the final. Uh, Concord lost 68-44. Penn just again that doesn't wasn't really a game from the start. Penn scored first seven points. Burton hit a three. It was like, Dad, this is this is pretty much it. Yeah, uh, this is this is it. It's already over. Concord showed some flashes of life. In the first, early later in that first quarter, a little bit in the third quarter too, where it was like, okay, maybe they got to get a couple stops. But every time it seemed like they had a chance to like maybe close it in, there was Burton with a 
layup or a jumper or a three. It was just, it was too much. He was just too much. They to couldn't handle. defend him, huh? They couldn't defend him. Not, I mean, not many people have this year, to be honest, yeah. to be fair. And, uh, you know, Derek, Derek Deshaun said it best pretty much afterwards. He's like, when he's making his three-point shots like that early and you have to come up on him a little bit more, like, I don't know. I don't care who you are. I have no idea how you're going to stop that because then it could run right past you. He's so fast. He'll just go right past you, hit a couple pull-up jumpers, go to the rim. Like, he he attacks. He attacks very similarly to, like, a Jaden Ivey or John Morant or, you know, um, Blake Wesley. Like, I'm not saying he's that guy mm-hmm. right now, but he plays a very similar style to those three. You're kind of seeing this evolution in that position. Derrick Rose is kind of a precursor to it, you know, this attacking guard. Russell Westbrook, too, when he wasn't missing shots all the time. Um, you got to see him play uh, twice. I saw Burton play all three times. All three? I saw, yeah, I went to the Penn Warsaw game on Tuesday, went in early, had my free food. Shout out the Alcart people. The hospitality was great all week. So I'm sure you had great hospitality at Wawasee as well. Yeah, Wawasee uh, balled out when it came to the hospitality. Mm hmm. All three days that I went, uh, pretty solid. There were some sliders the last day with mac and cheese. Had mm. some barbecue. We just had pizza on, on Friday. We had pizza on Saturday. But we had Olive Garden Friday night. That was nice. And Taco Tuesday, last Tuesday. So Pizza from where? I forgot. <laughs> so forgot. It, wasn't, it wasn't a chain pizza? No, I mean, it was one of the places in Elkhart. It was a local spot. It was like... I forgot which one we got it specifically from. I'm not going to try to guess and say it wrong. Was it Bruno's? No, I don't think it was Bruno's. Bruno's is good. Bruno's is good. Um, there's a free ad for Bruno's. Um, and this segment of the uh, Goshen <laughs> News Sports Podcast. But yeah, so Concord, you know, uh, weird season for them, up and down, like we kind of talked about all year. Like, this kind of like, you didn't know what they were going to get from Concord when they took the court. And they graduate 10 seniors. Like, that's a lot. Pretty much everyone that played in their season, their core run, was a senior. So it's going to be a whole new team, essentially, on the court next year. Uh, DRC, Andres Dixon, Moore, Marianne Moore, Zavin Kultukian, Malachi Emmons, Ethan Kavanaugh. I mean, they, yeah. Just like a bunch a of heart. A lot of guys. A bunch of stabs to the heart to Derek Deshaun, as you say each name. Mm-hmm. They're all gone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, kudos to that. You know, Derek hit on it post game, but kudos to them. They were one in twenty two seasons ago, man. It looked bleak for Concord, and those group of kids stuck in it. You know, stuck around, played through it, played a lot of sophomores, played a lot of juniors. This year, the overall record wasn't spectacular, but it was their first winning season in eight years, and they got to a sectional championship game, beat a Goshen team that on paper they were the underdog to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, got past an Elkhart team that's tough to beat in the sectional on their home court. You know, and it's a, he said, you know, like their impact goes beyond what they did on the court this year. I mean, they got 200 plus kids in their K through six program, and a lot of that's because the kids are giving back. The players give back and get the little kids involved, and they're keeping them engaged at these camps and things like that. And it's pretty cool. I mean, Concord basketball to a lot of people in this area, you know, means a lot because of what they did in the 80s and 90s and the runs they made with Kemp and Jamar Johnson and Jim Hahn as the coach and going to state finals and things like that. So to kind of restore the brand, the image of Concord, even a little bit this year, it's it's a good positive step, I feel like, for this program. So, Yeah, I think uh, 
maybe they'll have there's some of those kids that are going to grow up be the next Kemp to <laughs> take Concord back to the state finals if there is a 6'11 kid at Concord Middle School right now like who's going to be 6'11 that'd be something Man. that would be something I just want to see someone that large in this area. I haven't seen anyone that tall, except for the one kid at Penn. He's like 6'10". The big six kid? 6'9". Wojciechowski or whatever? Yeah, I think he's 6'9". Yeah. So, and that's not even I mean, as tall as it can be. So. I've, I've seen some big people in college, but, you Oh, know. yeah. Haven't we all? Yeah. Willie Cauley-Stein always stands out to me, literally. Like, the tallest human being I think I've ever been next to. He was like 7'2". Yeah. 7'1". Think about Zach, this producer Zach Eady is taller than him. How, like how is he? How old? How tall is he? Seven three. Eighty's listed at seven four. I think seven four. Yeah, the the basketball in his hand, man, it's hilarious. It's so yeah, small. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Shoots a free throw. Yeah, it's great. A couple other notes from uh, that sectional four. I wanted to get to uh, Goshen. You know, lost to Concord on Friday night. Uh, Drew Hogan's career comes to an end. He never won a sectional game, which is kind of a bummer, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He had 22 points in that game against Concord. He was pretty much the only one that was scoring for them for a whole stretch of the game. Uh, Finishes with 1,186 career points. That is third all-time in school history. So congratulations to him on a decorated basketball career. Uh, Just never had the team around him, you know, to fully get that sectional win. This year was tough. They started so well, and then they just forgot how to shoot the basketball. It's It was pretty bad it's just like you know you said christmas break they just forgot they came back right. and forgot how so to wolford shoot. so wolford said he was like we came back after the semester the semester break like this semester we just couldn't make a shot and they won they won two games right out of the bat after christmas against marquette catholic and concord mm-hmm. and then after that they just couldn't they couldn't win they won they went you know four and nine after that it's crazy how foot how fitting right they play concord that's when they're they started to dive, mm-hmm. and then their season ends to Concord. Yeah. So, but, you know, kudos again to Hogan, an incredible career. Um, he's the only one graduating from that team, but that's a pretty big piece to replace next year, obviously, just given his leadership and scoring and everything he does for that team, so, and everything he did for that program, so. Everything he did for the school. The city. The county. Now he's got track coming up. Yep. Still got track coming up. One last uh, hoorah for Hogan. Northridge, tough loss to Penn in the sectional semifinal, but what a season for them. I mean, they were dead to rights. Lost to Penn, 3-9. and nine. To finish 13-11, and 11, that's pretty amazing. Uh, kudos to Scott Radiker once again, just doing an amazing coaching job getting that team, you know. He always knows. To a winning record. I mean, he said, I predicted us to win 14 games at the beginning of the year, so we got 13. That's pretty close. <laughs> and, um, you know, like he said, you know, not many people thought they were going to be over 500 this year. I mean, myself – kind of included like I wasn't sure what they were going to be this year a lot of new pieces and you know some experience but not you know they didn't have Smith or the Solstice brothers or Stoffer like these guys who have been the stars for the last couple of years so you were wondering like okay how are they going to do to finish 13 and 11 after being three and nine it's pretty impressive I don't care who they play down the stretch like it's impressive to do that so Blake Jacobs was a key position to come yep. back, key person to come back. Mm-hmm. He played like it, played like the senior leader that he was, especially down low. He had a great year. He did. So good for him. Yep. Uh, to the 2A sectional, 35, we talked about that. I mentioned Central Noble, they won the sectional, of course. Fairfield, man. Oh, 
Fairfield, double overtime, heartbreaker uh, against Eastside. They should have wore the Westview Union. They should have wore the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to explain that? What happened Wednesday for those who maybe missed it somehow? Since the last time we were on the podcast, yeah. yeah. Feels like ages ago. Six days ago. It Oof. does. Man. Many uh, moons ago. Many moons. Six of them, to be precise. precise. Five moons. Exact. Yeah. Um, no, six moons. They all, uh, both teams ran into the gym. You know, people are filing in. I'm in the... The, the bleachers getting my put my stuff down getting ready and I'm just like I look at both teams and I'm like why are they both wearing white uniforms uh, that's new I don't think that's that could be an issue and then the Wright brother's father you know David I ran into him he's like they're both wearing they're both wearing white uniforms what's going on here I'm like yeah I I, I'm assuming that's not gonna fly and I was right so I watched I go back out, and the refs are talking to the coaches, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, Fairfield's going, they disappear, and they come back out in Westview uniforms. And you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is how this is going to, this isn't going to be great for my photos that I'm taking. Can't use yeah. these ever again, but it's, it's, a, a, it's an interesting story. It's a once-in-a-generation newspaper, that Thursday print edition of the Goshen News. Yeah. You want to see those pictures of Fairfield wearing Westview Road uniforms, it's the only place it lives and on the internet, but nobody nobody wanted to confirm either, like whose fault was it? It was obviously <laughs> Fairfield's fault. Right. But no one was like, you know, no one was gonna be the scapegoat in that situation. So we didn't really find out why or how that happened, just I guess simple mistake by somebody. But uh yeah, they uh had to wear Westview uniforms, but they ended up beating Bremen and uh giving Eastside all they wanted, really. Obviously double O T. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's the joke, though. Should have wore those Westview unis. Yeah. Kudos <laughs> kudos to Fairfield, man. I mean, I know we talked about it last week, but, you know, we talked about it throughout the year. But the turnaround they made this year was pretty amazing. Heinen coming in, Derek as a first-year coach, doing wonders for that program. Obviously, the additions of the Wright brothers helped a lot, too. Caleb showed that he can play on the high school level. There might have been some to worry about that coming from the homeschool ranks, but he showed that he was pretty talented. He'll probably play collegiate basketball somewhere. Mm-hmm. Kudos to him for getting that, you know, taking that risk, that chance, and he's going to he's gonna reap the benefits of that by getting probably committing somewhere, I would guess, soon. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool uh, to see them go. Again, that's another proud community with the basketball, and Fairfield being back this year was, was refreshing to see. They arguably were our second-best team this year. I mean, them, after Northwood, it was – Record-wise, it was them, you know, mm-hmm. but Concord, Northridge, Goshen kind of all flirting in that, you know, above 500 range. Um, so, kudos to everything that they did this year to get back to that relevance, that relevancy, you know? Derek Heinen, upcomer, silent assassin who can do the uh, John Ross scene with Greg Gard. <laughs> start doing a Derek Heinen. Derek Seth. Heinen. Death taxes, dear kind in March. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So kudos to them. And uh, you know the other team we cover in that sectional Westview. They they lost to Eastside uh, Wednesday night, and then uh, Monday afternoon, Rob Yoder officially uh, stepped down as the head coach again, <laughs> which is kind of fun to say. Um, he obviously, you know. He it's was fun a coach. Is it is it fun to say? It is fun to say. You know, he stepped down again. again. He coached, um, you know, through 2020 season, resigned when his son was done, 
And then Ed Bentley came in. Bentley coached 2021 season. They went 16 and seven, won the NECC regular season co-conference champ. Uh, something happened over the summer where Bentley was no longer the coach, and nothing's ever been confirmed or reported really. But you know, you could probably read between the lines a little bit. And uh, Rob pretty much stepped in interim basis and took over full time, given the timing of that. Mm-hmm. Hard to get a new coach in in July. Now Eastside did that with Bentley, obviously, and they had a tremendous season, twenty-five and two for them. Uh, only two losses to the number three team in the class. I mean, pretty good, I yeah. guess. And but yeah, so Rob uh, is stepping back down to go spend some more time to be able to watch his son play in college. Don't fault him with that at all for that decision. Uh, Westview went seven and sixteen this year, so his overall record officially as a head coach through 18 seasons of coaching uh, was 310 and 141. Not bad. Uh, nine sectionals, four regionals, and a semi-state championship uh, back in the 2014 season. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a tough year this year. They were a young team for the most part. You had Mason and Brady Yoder returning letter winners, but that was it. So, in theory, they got a lot of guys coming back next year. New head coach. Hopefully that uh, you know gets them back to their winning ways. So, be fun to see who they pick up. Who's coming in? All I'm saying is Aaron Wolf was at the Westview game on Wednesday. In the in the coach's room with Rob afterwards. I'm just saying, Aaron wouldn't leave. That's a joke. Please, no one report that. Um, yeah, I was talking to Derek and somebody patted me on the shoulder. I'm like, who the heck was that? And I look over, is the back of Aaron Wolf just like walking towards <laughs> towards Yoder's office. I was like, oh, true. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it will be. I mean, I think I think Aaron's got a pretty good gig going at Northwood right now. It'd be really hard to leave that that right now, you know, with everyone coming back. Like, His son's a sophomore there. So yeah. He's got two more years so. at least, at least. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, so Rob's Rob is uh, officially uh, done coaching again. We think. So, uh, breaking news, by the way, in the NFL, Seahawks and Broncos have agreed to terms on a trade involving quarterback Russell Wilson. Unbelievable. Wow. Right after the Aaron Rodgers signed a new contract with the Packers, the Broncos were like, all right, we got to get a new quarterback in here. Right after Pete Carroll was like, we're going to keep him. Like a few days ago, we're not trying to trade him. Yeah. So much for that. So much for that. Anyway, uh, one last boys basketball section to get to. uh, Sectional 51 with Bethany Christian. Tough loss for them on Friday night to Fremont. They led the game 14-6 to after first quarter, and it was like, whoa, Bethany. Came to play. Here we go. And then uh, they lost 43-36. to So, just want to pull up quickly Beck Willems. Uh, trying to remember where he committed to for uh, basketball. He committed to Albion uh, College. That's right. That's right. That's amazing that Albion has a college. It is uh, in Albion, Michigan. Good. <laughs> Not Albion. Or Central Nobles. Act. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> it's like, no. how is that big enough? Uh, Beck Williams, he only scored, I believe, nine points on Friday. So, he had a tough offensive game, but uh, 1,185 points for his career. Obviously, the all-time. All-time leading scorer. So, congratulations to him. Albion men's basketball, by the way, they won the 2020 MIAA regular season title. So two years ago, so not a bad little, uh, you know, NAIA. What does that program. stand for? MIAA. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think it might be Michigan Indiana Athletics something. I don't know. 
Is it? Does that mean it's below NAIA? I think it's NAIA. Like MIA is the conference. Okay, so it's like the crossroads league. Yes. And I gotcha. Okay, um, I believe that covers everything for boys basketball. Did we miss anything for high school at least? Nope. We covered. Did a little regional preview in a little bit. Yeah, we kind of skipped ahead on the regional went over, rundown. Went over we did the regional the, preview with the Northwood stuff. So went over the sectionals. Um, yeah, man. Saturday, Newcastle should be fun. Trying to get to a semi-state. We're trying to cover a semi-state at the uh, Stork and Venerable. If it's uh, if it's Northwood and Mishawaka Marion, and that semi-state, be really hard pressed to think they would. It'd be really hard to think that they wouldn't send them to Northside Gym. It's either Northside Gym or Lafayette Jeff. And if you have Mishawaka Marion and Northwood, I would like to think they would send them to the historic and venerable. But Northwood's got to get there first. Mm-hmm. Marion's got to get there first, too. They're going to have a tough, you know, after they play, they get Geary Lighthouse, I believe, in the first. So they'll probably take care of that. But Peru could be a formidable team for them in that regional final. So, yeah. You never know. It's March. It is March. Speaking of March, NCAA tournament's coming right up, baby. Conference tournaments this week. College basketball. Send it in, Jerome. Ha! Onions! 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 That was good. Uh, I just need to clip that part of onions, the podcast. Onions, onions. Oh, I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. So, we have some teams in this state that are going to be going to the NCAA tournament, more than likely, uh, barring anything unforeseen. Let's start with the teams over closest to us in South Bend. On the men's side, Notre Dame men's basketball, they are starting the ACC tournament this week. They have the number two seed in said conference tournament. They won't play till Thursday. Opponent to be determined, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, 22-9 overall, 15-5 in the ACC projected to be a 10 seed currently in the bracket according to ESPN's Joel Lenardi and uh, you have obviously Evan seen them a little bit more in person this year than I have uh, and uh, they feel like a, they feel like a tournament team to me I don't think it would take a, a pretty big loss and a lot of upsets I feel like for them to not make it at this point yeah if they go one and done in the ACC tournament they might be sweating a little bit and they have to get blown out like if if they play like Virginia Tech and they lose by like 35. Like something ridiculous like that, right? It just and then, depends what other teams do too. Right. If you would other need a bubble lot of, teams like right. make runs, then it gets a little sweatier for them, you know what I'm saying? Sweatier. A little sweatier. They get the a little palms swe- are sweaty. The palms are sweaty, sweatier. but not but then if they lose some games, you know, the the knees start getting sweaty and the and the pits. The head, yeah. Get the pits going. Mhm. Yeah. They're pretty I would say they're pretty much safe. I'd be shocked even if they do go one and done in the AC tournament, they don't make it. They probably won't even follow the first four. They'll yeah. probably be a 10 or 11 seed if they lose, you know, the first game against Virginia Tech. If they win at least one, I think they'll be a 9 seed and make a little run. Maybe they get up to an 8. But I think that's the ceiling for them. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being in that 7-10 position. You know, just avoid, maybe potentially avoid a 1 seed in the second round. You know, if you go by the current Lenardi projection, they're going to play USC in the first round as a 10-7 winner, more than likely getting Kentucky. So it's going to be tough no matter what when you get to tournament. I can't believe USC is only a seven seed to that guy. I guess Pac-12 does suck. Mm. They're only going to have three teams unless there's an automatic qualifier that steals a bid. But there's there's only Arizona, UCLA, USC. Yeah. No one else going to make it from the Pac-12. 
Not conference champions. Oregon basically. Yeah, they did. They kind of nosedived the last couple weeks. They got blown out twice by the Washington teams. Yeah, and those, bad. those teams aren't good. So. Bad. Um, yep. So yeah, they're gonna make it. Feels like Notre Dame women's basketball will probably be in the tournament as well. They're, they're well, women's probably. <laughs> I would be stunned if they aren't. Um, Twenty-two and eight. 12 and 5 in the ACC. They are currently projected to be a five seed by ESPN's Charlie Cream. It's got to be Creme. Creme? I think it's Cream. I think. I've heard him say their name. I think it's Cream. By ESPN's Charlie C. uh, is projected (laughs) to be in the tournament. They would go to Tucson with Arizona being the host as a number four seed in the first round, according to ESPN's projection. Notre Dame would get South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. The Jackrabbits. My brother's college. My brother's college. Go Jacks. I'm sure he's so. really excited about that potential oh, matchup. Oh, yeah. He's going to make the drive to Tucson all yeah. the way from Brookings, South Dakota. Uh, yeah, bad. Um, other schools in the state, IU, uh, the Purdue. men's. Purdue's going to be a three seed. Purdue men are, yeah, they're they're in. They'll be a two seed unless, they'll be a three seed unless they can make a deeper on the Big Ten tournament, win it, then they could probably get a two seed. Yep. So, they'll be, they'll be a, at a minimum, no lower than a four, feels like. Yeah. And it would be pretty hard for them to fall below the four line. Yep. And they, uh, so they'll be in. Purdue women won't be in. They had a they had a 500 season. They were fine, but not the caliber of an NCAA tournament. Butler team. won't be in it. They had Butler year. will not be in it. Yeah. Had a bad year. Men or women. Uh, IU, though, as I was so rudely interrupted, I was trying to talk about IU, and you were like, Purdue. Hoosiers. Yeah. Uh, You're like, Purdue. The IU men, squarely on the bubble. They are the first team out, according to Joe Lenardi. Uh, They're going to need to beat Michigan on Thursday. That's an absolute must win. It's probably a must win for Michigan, too, to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Michigan could lose it and still get in. IU needs to win that game. Otherwise, they are probably going to be watching the tournament from home. They'll be playing the NIT. They'll be playing. They'll host the NIT. Yes, they will get yeah. the first game of the NIT. Um, meanwhile, the IU women are projected to be a four seed by Charlie C. Cream. Charlie Cream. 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 Cream de la cream. There you go. Cream <laughs> so, de la cream. Uh, four seed. That would mean they would host top four seeds in uh, the women's basketball tournament. Each host a first two first two rounds. So Correct. IU would host uh, if that held. So, on the women's side, the men, they're going to be sweating it. But like I said, if they beat Michigan, they'll probably feel a little better, and then they would play Illinois in the uh, quarterfinal. Illinois ended up getting the one seed in the Big Ten after Wisconsin lost to Nebraska on Sunday. So, Wisconsin and Illinois shared the conference championship regular season, but Illinois got the tiebreaker because Illinois beat Wisconsin earlier in the season. They are the one seed in the conference tournament, and uh, Wisconsin is number two. Yes. Wisconsin lost to Nebraska on Sunday. It's Go pretty Huskers. bad loss. Go Huskers. Pretty bad loss at Huskers home. have won three in a row. They beat Ohio State on the road earlier in the week, too. Mm-hmm. They're making a run, baby. Big Ten tournament sleeper. Watch out. Bit Watch thief. out. Are they a bit thief? They, uh, they went from the 14th seed to the 13th seed this past week, so watch out. They might <laughs> yeah. make a run. Watch out. That would be insane if they, even if they won like two games in the conference tournament, it'd be insane. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna have some, you know, who's your representation in the uh, NCAA tournament? Also, shout out the NAIA tournament, the men's side. There's like eight teams from Indiana in it. That's pretty awesome, man. 
So that's insane. Indiana Tech, Wesleyan. I that's what I almost said Wesleyan and then Iwu is the same school. Grace, uh, I believe St. Francis made it in. I don't know if Taylor made it or not. Um, IU Kokomo made it in. Like Grace, shout out. That's what I said. I said Grace. Crossroads League Championship Tournament Champions. Stoltzfus. Carter Stoltzfus. He all he does is win, man. No matter, no matter what. what. Dang it. <laughs> He's got money on his mind. <laughs> he can't ever get enough. Yep. And uh, so congratulations to them. And that NAIA tournament, I believe, starts this week. So should be fun. Um, so, yeah, we mentioned we'll, – we'll quickly rack, we'll wrap up the show here. Uh, obviously, we just we mentioned that breaking news about, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. That's crazy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, massive deal to stay in Green Bay. Also a big deal. Million. Literally a big deal. $200 million for four years. Four years. That's actually insane. $153 million guaranteed. Greg Gard's Big Ten Coach of the Year, by the way. Not a surprise. Wisconsin wasn't supposed to be good this year. Yeah, they were projected 10th in the Big Ten. Yeah. Think about that. It's kind of crazy to think about. So President Biden announces ban on Russian energy imports. Thank you for news news updates on the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Does that mean our gas is going to continue to climb? Probably. And just make me really sad. <laughs> uh, it's already up over a dollar than it was. Last week. Yeah, it's terrible. Crazy. Um, NFL Combine was this past week. Jordan Davis, 341 pounds, ran a 4740. Sure. Crazy. Just ridiculous. <laughs> big boy. Uh, and the MLB might cancel another week of the season this week. So yeah, I've literally heard nothing about any of that. There's a Tuesday. The deadline apparently happens after we tape today. So there's apparently a deadline today of if they're going to want to be able to play one, a full 162, they're going to have to get a deal done today. And from by all accounts, it does not sound like a deal will be done today. But we'll see. Apparently, they've already agreed to ban the shift have a pitch clock and make the bases bigger for the season this year. So that's, they made some headway. A lot of the bigger like economic things that are going on haven't really been decided as well as how many teams will make the playoffs each year. I like the idea of no shift. I'm sure a lot of the pitchers don't and coaches. Yep, but it I takes do. away a strategy a strategy element of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I appreciate it too cuz I I hate when a guy rips a ball and it looks like it's going to be a single and there's a guy standing in the shallow right field to make a routine 4-3. You know what I mean? Yep. It's kind of frustrating. It's like, oh, yeah, Schwarber, like Kyle Schwarber would hit 350. <laughs> you know? Right. So, so I'm cool with the shift being banned, personally. So, with that, that'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. What do you think? Yeah, man. We can wrap it up. Nice, solid hour, hour-ish episode. Bow on it. Yeah, let's put a bow on this episode. Thank you for everyone for listening to this week's podcast. We'll be back once again, I think, next week, recapping uh, Northwood's trip to Newcastle, maybe our trip to Newcastle, if we had any adventurous uh, drives or whatever going down there. So maybe we'll vlog it. I hope not. We'll do a vlog of our drive. It'll just be us listening to part of my take. That's <laughs> pretty much it. It'll just be me watching Florida. They have to win on Thursday. Well, first, you're, you're not, you're not going to be watching Florida. You're going to be listening to the awesome part of my take episode. So, uh, we'll be back next week to recap all of the happenings of local sports. Get you ready for the NCAA tournament officially. Maybe we'll do our bracket projection, projections, predictions, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably already have like five brackets filled out by that time. Sheet of integrity, baby. One sheet. Sheet of integrity. 
We'll be back next week to recap all of that and more. So tune in then.